0: School teacher Sharon Witt has turned her love of helping teenagers navigate those formative years Sorry, I'm back uh, Into a burgeoning little business She's the author of 12 books, a regular media commentator An in-demand public speaker And a mum of two teenagers herself If you're keen to become an opinion leader in your industry Then this is the episode for you Before we get stuck into episode 406 of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, the marketing gold is made possible, and exclusively possible, actually, thanks to American Express. I say exclusively because Amex has kindly taken all available advertising spots in this episode. So do me and yourself a favour by checking out their suite of business cards designed to meet the financial needs of small business owners just like you and me. Simply Google Amex Business to find out more. Well, I say, Welcome to the Small Business Marketing Show. Where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed. And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You infinitely more importantly are a motivated business owner and you're ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. It's pretty much why this show exists. So, if that's you, then you are in the right place. Big show today school teacher turned self publishing superstar and media darling, Sharon Witt joins us to explain how she's done it and how you can too. Melbourne SEO services, Dave Jennings will reveal the truth, all oh, the dark truth about backlinks and how they can it's assist your marketing. I make a couple of listeners very happy by giving them some prizes. So really, as per usual, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. update on the Deep Dive Mastermind. If you want to get together with me and nine other motivated business owners just like you once every two months to find out new marketing things that are going to drive your business forward, to break through any blockages you have around your marketing that are stopping you from driving your business forward. Um, And if you just want to kind of get out of your own headspace, find some people who will keep you accountable to creating great marketing, to getting more customers, then the Deep Dive Mastermind is for you. It starts later in March and all the details can be found over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Check it out. I'd love to see you there. I'd love to help you with your marketing. That's my thing. That's my thing. Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Check it out. You and I will be meeting some amazing business owners and marketers over the coming weeks. We're going to be catching up with one of Australia's leading racing car drivers, Steve Richards. Like, he is A-list celebrity in that industry. He was also seconds away from signing a contract to become a KFC franchisee, but instead decided to start his own business with his wife, and he has never looked back. He's going to share that story. And next week, you and I are going to meet a fellow who's managed to fight off cancer not once but twice and is now on a mission to create, wait for it, the world's healthiest and tastiest instant noodle brand. And he has good reason for doing that, which he'll share next week in our chat. But right now, let's meet school teacher turned award-winning author, And media personality and keynote speaker, Sharon Witt. Now, I first met Sharon a few weeks ago when we were both guests on one of those panel discussions you hear on talkback radio. You know, the, those ones where you talk crap for an hour, basically. You know, are you a dog or a cat person? Would you do online dating? You know, where was your favourite holiday destination? All that kind of thing. You get the you get the gist. Anyway, we quickly hit it off. And the more Sharon told me her story, the more interested I became. She's the mother of two teenagers and Sharon's been a school teacher for the past 20-plus years and has a particular bent for helping teenagers and their parents navigate those murky, murky waters, <laughs> of which I have navigated three times. And they, are, they can be murky. Now, Sharon's written 12 books on the subject, with her best-selling Teen Talk series selling over 100,000 copies. Her prolific writing and blogging has led to a public speaking career Hmm, that sounds familiar. And Sharon is also the go-to person when the media need an opinion on a teenage topic. We cover plenty of ground in this little chat team, including personal branding, self-publishing, the importance of a mentor, uh, effective content creation, how to get media coverage, um, how a breakdown nearly stopped Sharon in her tracks from doing any of this wonderful work that she's doing, plus plenty more. I started off by asking Sharon... does she do what she does
1: wow that's a big question uh i have been an educator for the last uh 25 years and i am very passionate about especially equipping young people for the journey of life i guess that would probably be the best way to sum it up um Yeah, just really passionate at at helping equip them. Where does that uh, come from? Inspire them. Well, if you you want a particular moment in time that kind of changed the course of my life, it would have to be when I was uh, 20. I lost my best friend, who was 19 at the time, to suicide. So he was a teenager, obviously. Um, Lost lost him. um, And I think something within me at that point... uh, I was already uh, studying, teaching, but something in me went, that's not okay. And I I think in the back of my mind for the last 25 years, I have had just this deep desire to make a difference. I I think that's it in a nutshell. Making a difference to the young people in our, yeah, the young people in our lives, but also to help um, equip parents in helping raise their young children Um, to be resilient.
0: So for the majority of your growing life, you've done that via teaching. Yeah. Then 10 years ago, you go and write a book. Mm. Why did you write a book and how, in in your own words, it changed everything?
1: Wow. Yeah, it's a loaded question. Uh, I I always felt for a number of years in my early years of teaching that uh, it, it it. became apparent to me very early on that our young people were struggling with lots of issues from bullying to their self-esteem to getting organized and these are things that uh, started to become apparent in probably about my fifth or sixth year of teaching and I, I had this idea in my mind that one day I'd probably write a resource and maybe write a book and I sat on it for about 10 years because in the back of my mind I thought well I don't know how to write a book. Um, I wouldn't know how to get a publisher, all those sorts of things. But apparently I did say to my students at different times, I'd like to write a book one day. So it, I sat on that idea for 10 years and it wasn't until 10 years ago now that uh, I just wanted to write a resource for, originally for my class, for my, my group of teenagers that I was working with. I thought I'm going to write a guidebook to helping them I guess, navigate many of the issues that were coming up for them, self-esteem, bullying, dealing with parents, stress, anxiety, getting organised, setting goals, uh, being motivated. And I just, yeah, I, I launched into that, not knowing a single thing about book publishing at all
0: beautiful and you're going to tell you right now there are a bucket load of small business owners listening who are pretty much nodding their head going yeah that, that's me
1: yeah
0: i've got a book in me I, I you know i'm a specialist in what i do yeah
1: absolutely just
0: not going to take action so uh, what uh, what triggered you to take what action what did i do or well
1: who? Yes. am i allowed to mention names. You can mention anyone you okay. want. So it's it's a funny story. I'll try and make it very very uh, quick. But
0: That's impossible for you, Shaz.
1: I know it's impossible <laughs> for me. But in a nutshell, I, I decided in about the October of uh, I think it was two thousand and sixteen, it finally hit me and I went, It's now or never this, this is it. I'm doing it. And the funny thing was I watched this program and someone had given me this um, DVD and it was called The Secret. Have you heard of that? Yes. Okay. Someone gave it to me and said, watch this. I watched it and I watched it about three times and something within me just went, you know what? You've got something in you and you've always gone, what if, or, you know, you've got this, this idea, just do it. I mean, I I didn't want to die not ever doing it. And something within me just went, you know what, stop the excuses. You know, I didn't have any money. I was a, a mother of young children at the time, worked full time. I, I had all the excuse in the world. I don't know how to write a book. I don't know how to get it published. Every excuse in the book. And I just went, you know, stuff it, stuff the excuses, just do it. So I made that decision and I, I wrote the book over only a number of days. And I think I had it all stored up inside me. And there's a whole, um, there's a way of actually, you can, many ways you can actually, write a book for me. I just grabbed um, a, a whole lot of sticky notes and wrote, wrote down every topic that I wanted to talk to teenagers about, and had them spread out. And then, uh, day by day, over about three or four days, I wrote and wrote and wrote. And um, my husband at the time took the kids away for four days, and I literally wrote about seventeen thousand words in those four days. Brilliant! I just wrote, you know, all hours. Then I had to, I guess, find some way of getting that book out there and uh however call this universe however it's supposed to happen I came across a book called Secrets Exposed of of, uh, women entrepreneurs and I thought gee I could be an entrepreneur one day read this book and at the back of it it had an ad for and it basically said do you want to have your own book published and there uh, became my connection with a guy called Dale Beaumont, who is an past guest author. Past of
0: the show, past sponsor of the past show. Past
1: sponsor of the show. Well, this guy uh, didn't wasn't going to know what hit him because I saw that I, I googled him. I, you know, basically stalked him, found out everything I could about him, and uh, as legend has it, I called his company, called up, asked to speak to him, and got through to him and said. I am just this person from Melbourne. He said, where are you from? What company? And I said, no, just Sharon Witt from Melbourne. If I can get up to, to where you are, can I take you out for lunch and pick your brains about this book I want to write? And he said, Yes. So I contacted him when I got up to um, that state, took him out for lunch and picked his brain. And the first thing he said to me was, as I had this whole idea, for, well, I had the book in me and I said, it's about this, 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 and this. And he You've said... you written
0: the book at this point in time?
1: I'd written the manuscript. Yep. And,
0: he said, and he said?
1: And he said, one bit of advice, don't think book, think book series. And I said, oh, he goes, don't put everything into this one book. I want you to think about it being a series. How could you break it up into this series, plan the series out? And that single piece of advice meant that I'd planned out a whole series, by the time my very first book came out, I had four covers inside the flap that said, "You know, more coming in this series," and it gave me leverage so that when I decided to self-publish, which was my decision, I could have taken it to mainstream publishers, but I actually wanted to do it myself. I wanted to learn. I'm I'm a, the sort of person that is not afraid of learning and trying and failing. So I gave it a go and Dale basically mentored me in the first book. and oh,
0: um, How's that? Absolutely. That's a good
1: mentor. He, oh, well, I didn't know who he was at the time. I just thought, okay, I'll ask this guy. He seems to know about book publishing and I had no idea that he'd actually run a, a course about uh, what's called Get Published Secrets, I think, at the time. And uh, he had a DVD series and I watched that about four times each DVD, took notes, and I basically learnt how to do things uh, and... And he guided me along the way, and because I had had a series, when I approached the best, um, probably the the, the best uh, distributor in the country at the time, publisher. It was a distributor, a book distributor, because what you can't what is just the difference? a One book woman. publisher is the person that does the, the, lot. the company that does a the lot. They take your manuscript, get it edited, they design the covers, they they liaise with you, but basically they pay for it all to be published and printed, and, and, you, and you, you just get, get very little. You get very little. You might get ten yeah. percent of the book uh, retail price.
0: I've never understood
1: that. No, it's it's a bit like a pie. So if you can imagine a, a pie, fifty percent of if you imagine a book is twenty dollars retail um the 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 seller so the book shop gets 50 percent generally so there goes half of it ten dollars for the bookshop. so the people making the most money out of a book is generally the book Book shop, shop. Uh, roughly 10 percent goes to the author about 15 percent goes to the publisher and this is going to be really shoot my maths in the <laughs> right now the other percentage goes to the distributor so if you are your own publisher uh, you get effectively about 25 uh, percent or 20 percent and 10 percent so you might get 30 35 percent and the distributor gets about 15%.
0: So you've gone down, you've self-published, you've found a distributor, mm-hmm. they've got you good distribution.
1: They loved it. They right. said because they said to me, because this is a series, we can see that this has legs. And if it had been a single book, they, re- they apparently reject about 96% of self-published books. But the guy at the time said to me, um, I think it's got legs, we can see that you've got a, a series in mind, which was great because I did go down the track of later doing another series called Girl Wise and I did the same same model. I had planned a whole series out, the covers designed and that gave me traction in the market.
0: I'm talking to educator, motivator of teenagers. We need more of those. Sharon Witt, uh, listeners, long-time listeners of this show will realise that this is the episode where I've said the least. and I think it'll continue that way, Shaz. I love it. So you get this book out into the marketplace and in your own words, it changed everything.
1: Absolutely. What happened? Well, uh, so the first book came out. I I remember thinking, it's quite funny thinking back now, that if Kmart picked it up, if I saw my book in Kmart, I'd know I'd made it. Isn't that funny how you just think that? And they were the first people to pick up a 1000 They they ordered a thousand from my distributor. That's
0: the secret at work.
1: And I remember thinking, I did. I said, you know, if if I got a thousand, if sorry, if I got Kmart and I saw it there, I'd know I'd made it. And they were the first people. Then uh, I remember, I thought, I, I remember writing this down. And I'm I, I'm a big person that sets goals and puts dates on it. And I think I mean I, this is a whole another show in itself. But writing your goals down and giving it a date puts it out there. And I remember putting the date down: I'm going to be on the Kerry Ann Show by the 27th of November.
0: Overseas listeners, big talk show in Australia. Big at the talk time. show
1: at the time. And so I sent my book off with a little bit of a, a you know a media blurb, and lo and behold, the very first television episode I did was on the Kerry Ann Show. Uh, Just
0: hold on uh, with that little media blurb. What does that look like? Because that media blurb, I, in my experience, is what's going to get you or not get you on a show.
1: Yeah. Well, I've Can you since, remember what it said? Look, I can't remember at the time. It was something about, look, it was something to do with um, helping helping our teenagers or right. our teenagers are at risk or something like that. Tell um, me
0: about the moment you get a phone call from the producer of Kerry Ann's. Oh, I was beside
1: myself. A- and I remember being in Sydney at a hotel overnight and I woke up that morning and the Today Show, which was another uh, sh- show on before that, I remember sitting on the bed looking at it going... I'm going on national television. I've never done that before, and I thought I'm going to vomit on the. Ho- I'm going to. Carrie Han- <laughs> Anne had beautiful shoes back then, and I thought I'm going to vomit. I'm. What am I doing? And I remember getting there, and I was extremely nervous. And she was wonderful, uh, and I think the episode went well. But actually, leaving the show um, in the taxi, I got a call from another um, another national program that had seen me and said, we- "Can you come up on Monday and do another another." Um, a segment for us. But what I learned very quickly was, and I've done a lot of media now, is that the media need content. However, you have to derive it and you have to do a lot of hard work, but what they need is what's called a hook. So they need something that they can, that they can not so much sensationalize, although sometimes they do, but they need an angle from which they're going to be able to of get course. some great dialogue. So it could yeah, be I something... Can I
0: just pause you on that? And, mm. uh, where you're going is very interesting, but as, you know, I guess I'm part of that, Media, mm. and I'm. Always, I put out a show every week. Yeah, and I'm always looking for great content, and I get a lot of emails from people mm. wanting to come on as a guest. And it is that hook, and I'm often. And when I did the pre-interview with you, and when I do pre-interviews with other guests, yeah. it's like. I say to them, you know, what's the headline for this episode going to be? Mm. You know, are we going to talk about self publishing? Are we going to talk about social influences? Are we going to talk about I don't know, but and that that there's the hook for me. Yeah. So being clear of someone like you trying to get media coverage, being clear on why should I interview you or why should Carrie ann want you yeah. on the show is it's pretty much mission critical.
1: It, it is. And um, I've done a lot of media over the last five years and I know that uh, the media are, are hungry for content but you've got to give it to them and you've got to give them the angle and they're more likely to pick you up if you, it's for example... Okay, an example. Okay, for example, if just say there's been... Uh, oh, look, uh, just say there's been... Um, an issue with photographs being shared amongst teenagers with social media and there's been, you know, something quite sensational has happened. You can you can uh, get the hook and say um, why our teenagers are in crisis with social media, why something needs to happen or uh, why social media is ruining our teens' lives. Something really strong like that. And as long as you can back it up and you can actually have some great dialogue about that... Uh, they, they need that. So, you know, I, I often will just – if there's something that I see in the news – uh, and I think, boy, I, let me let me talk about this. I'll contact the media and say, here's my hook. It could be something to do with a school uniform, for example. You know, uh, I remember once there was some uh, digital photoshopping that had happened to school photographs. And, you know, students were getting their, their photos back and they'd been digitally altered, you know. Their braces are taken out or their pimples are taken off. And I thought, wow, let me at that one. And so <laughs> you can just, you know, you, you send a few emails out to the producers so you know. there's two
0: parts the hook. One is... There's the time-sensitive hook, which is, oh, look at the headline in the newspaper today, I've got an opinion on that, quickly get something out to the media. Then there's the longer-term hook, which is I'm Sharon Witt, I'm an educator of young people. I have strong opinions around it. Yeah,
1: yeah and so which now is not I'll be time sensitive. no, and now I'll be contacted. Generally, I'll be contacted now by the media who'll say that you know they have their people that they know are experts in an area, and they'll now contact me and say, "Listen, this has just come up in the news. Can we chat to you about it today?" Which is great when you've got runs on the board, but you've got to do the work. You know, it's it's not easy, but it is really worth it. And all of that came from writing a book.
0: One book, so. You've written the book, you've got a distributor, you're a thousand copies in Kmart. Yeah. Kerry Ann calls you. Another show calls you, having seen you on Kerry Ann. Mm. This is okay so far. We've got a little bit of media courage. The ego is going okay, right? Yeah, uh,
1: although I've always kept it pretty humble. It I, I, kick, I still kick myself today that a teacher and you know a mum from the suburbs uh, can be can be doing this yes. sort of this sort of well, thing. Well, what, what else?
0: So you, how else? what then happened? Because right now, from a small business point of view, you're not making a coin in terms of where we're at with the story. Right. yeah right. yeah back so, then yeah, yeah back then so what else developed
1: so i started doing media i started getting asked to do articles i started uh, to do quite a bit of radio um articles generally i've done a lot of them um for free but uh i get publicity through it so and and you're developing your brand so i started to develop a brand um a, a name mean? well I started to become known as someone who was an expert in my field Uh and that built over time. Um, Originally, it's interesting because originally I was trying to brand myself around um, my first book, uh, which is the Teen Talk series. Uh And interestingly enough, I remember trying to, about two years into it, thinking I should trademark the name. Now, the trademark had actually been picked up by someone else who was doing puberty talks in some, you know, very small space and you could google the name and it would be probably you know it was like looking going through a rabbit warren to actually find any connection to her but yet there were pages and pages and pages of reference to me however i could have gone down the you know the the road of trying to get the trademark or whatever but i didn't and then it, so, someone said to me it's actually more about you your name trademarking your name a, around not so much the teen talk series and I'm so glad that I did because I had no idea I'd going on to do so many other books and different series that that actually would have limited me. Mm-hmm. But I would say early on, if you do have a brand and you start to develop this um, idea of who you are and and your business, trademark it as early as you can, because you just don't know where it's going to go. And I had no idea that I would go on to write twelve books, and I'm still going, um, and start to develop a brand for myself,
0: mm-hmm. and still teaching.
1: And still T- teaching two days a week. Just gone down to two days a week. Okay. I was trying to balance it all and teaching four days a week, but yeah, I, I started getting asked to speak in schools and at conferences and okay, events. Okay, so this is it,
0: and this is exactly what's happened to it's me exactly over the years happened, with my yeah. podcast and publishing mm. a podcast. Is that whilst I have a revenue stream through sponsorship of this show, uh, I also, you know, speaking has become you know significant mm. um, f- for you. What are you selling? Because at this point, having all this media coverage is fantastic. Yeah. And it sounds to me, if you were to quantify it over the years, you've had hundreds and thousands oh, of dollars absolutely. of media coverage, column centimetres, seconds on TV, radio, etc. Yeah. Et and
1: when you have hosts holding your book up, <laughs> national television, and saying this is great, right. you know it's it's awesome. So, uh,
0: but and back then, all you've got to sell is a book. Mm. When uh, when did that change? And all of a sudden, you're going. Well, actually, no. You can book me for conferences, or what? Yeah. What else? What are, What are you selling?
1: It's a funny story because I actually got contacted by uh, the head of a youth organisation, and he had. And this is one. Once again, some of those idea, those things that happen, and you go, wow. He, he walked into Kmart. He happened to see the brightness of my book appeal to him, and he grabbed it and he read it and he said, oh. We've got this big youth event coming up. I might see if we can book her for this five-day speaking event. And I remember he he contacted me and said, look, I'm not sure where in Australia you are, but we're running this big event. Would you be interested in being our keynote? Could you do, you know, five keynotes over this? We'll, we'll wow. pay for your flights, get you there. Fine. Do you do that? Now, no, I hadn't been doing those things. Hell yeah, I do. But I went, yes, I do. Absolutely, I'd love to do that. Uh, And I remember getting on the plane and I'd done my preparation but thinking, seriously, you know, fake it till you make it.
0: Well, mind you, you're a teacher. I'm a teacher. I can can speak in
1: front of teenagers. But that was like a real baptism of fire, five days of running sessions for teenagers and keynote speaking and it was awesome. And I I continue to work for them to this day. I still do their events. But, yeah, after that it just got – word got around and I started to get bookings and would you come and speak here and would you speak there and – And that is where the book becomes a tool that you can then sell at events. And so, yes, I was getting online sales and I still do. And I still do through bookshops, through the just, distribution however when I'm out speaking an event and now because I have 12 books and numerous resources and curriculum and I now have a huge resource stand and that's where a lot of my income comes from mm-hmm. from selling because you're not actually there's no middleman there no, it's, all, mar- it's, all, it's profit. all profit margin. Yeah. so I've actually been doing very well through uh when I speak I get paid to speak but also through the selling at the end of mm-hmm. the night mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've got 200 parents in a room and they all are just, you know, they're hungry for resources for their mm-hmm. for themselves and for their their children.
0: Hey, there's plenty to come, including the moment Sharon had a breakdown and came pretty close to giving it all up. But first, a business tip thanks to our exclusive partner, American Express. <music> Here's a money-making tip from American Express member and Four Pillars Gin founder, Stu Greger. I, for the life of me, don't understand why a business won't accept Amex because what you're potentially doing is knocking back customers who want to spend money on your product or your brand or your service or whatever it is. And I frankly don't understand it. If someone wants to give me their Amex and buy 10 bottles of gin, I'll tell you what, I'll take their Amex. Thanks very much. You're
2: potentially also denying yourself a big chunk of corporate business as well. You know, because a
0: lot of sales guys, a lot of guys, I know me in my own business, I use Amex. And if I go to, if I ring to make a booking at a restaurant or a bar or something, I say, do you step down? and they say no I go somewhere
2: else so they don't even know the business they're, they're missing out on
0: it beggars belief and I often find myself having these com- rather awkward conversations at the with with a shopkeeper or a, or a bar owner or a restaurateur saying why wouldn't you take it I'll pay you the extra I'll pay one and a half oh the credit card service fee or whatever you want take my money it's business 101 really make it easy for people to give you money speaking of money The American Express Business Explorer credit card comes with 50,000 bonus points every year, a low interest rate and two points on every dollar you spend. Not to mention a couple of tickets to the very swish Amex Lounge at Sydney International Airport. Search Amex Business to find out more. New American Express card members only. Terms and conditions apply. And now, back to teacher, author... Keynote speaker, media darling, Sharon Witt. You've got 12 books out now, Shaz. Uh, Was there a bit of a bell curve happening where the impact of bringing out the next book started to diminish? Where I... Well, you've got, you know, the first book made big waves, right? Yeah, yeah. All sorts of things happened.
1: It basically went on momentum. I just kept going. And every every year I would bring out a new book. I just kept going. In fact, the second two, uh, Girl Talk and Guy Talk, were both puberty books for kids 10 and upwards. And I was going to do the girls one and then the boys one. And then I thought, why? You know, as soon as I put that pink one out, the, the, the you know, for, for girls, parents are going to go, is there a boys one coming out? And I thought you know what? Let's just do them at the same time. That was huge. That was a massive thing to to bite off. My poor graphic designer was, you know, nearly passing out. I mean, he's actually my next door neighbor. So uh, it's quite interesting, but we put out two at once. But the great thing about this was, uh, there was a, a book buyer at the time and, you can do pre sales. And if you've got some runs on the board and another book comes out, I actually sent through the pre sales information. And there was a, a book buyer that purchased a thousand of each before I had even uh, put written pen the, Put pen to paper. I had pre sales of a thousand of each that basically covered my printing Brilliant. for those first two, those second and third books. So, yeah, it's been amazing how it happens. And, and you know what? I think there's a great saying. Fi- Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. And that is what I live by. You know, I get nervous and yes, sometimes you make mistakes. and But you know what? Life's short. And if you have got an idea, a seedling within inside you that says, you know what, I've got a book in me. Um, if you've got an area of expertise or something that you can give to other people of value... Do it.
0: I totally agree. And um, we've covered this before. Andrew Griffiths, a prolific small business author, has been on this show. We've gone in depth into publishing. I'll put a link in the show notes to that interview. But I, I do have a wish for every single person that listens to this show, all of who are either marketers and or small business mm-hmm. owners, that they, they have a book. They do. Uh, I, you know, I I, I really, uh, and I know that's unrealistic, uh, maybe one day I could make that my platform, yeah, you know, run yeah. for politics. Oh, uh, absolutely. Books for all business owners. Yeah. Free, free printing. Um, but it is, they are so powerful. Uh, so we have covered a lot, but I am interested, what, what is your advice before we move on? Because I want to talk to you about, about, use of promotion yeah. for your personal brand. Um, but what is your advice? You said you used a sticky note uh, concept to get your first book written. Mm-hmm. There's lots of ways of doing it. You could re, re, uh, talk into a recorder and have it transcribed. Yeah. But what do you say? I could that? get
1: a book finished in a day if that was the case.
0: <laughs> well, you absolutely could. And, yeah. and there, that is an absolutely valid it's way. Funny, then send it off to an editor.
1: Absolutely. I um. It's funny. I, I'm i a bit of a stickler for routine. I always go and buy a fresh new... Uh, Uh, notebook. You're such a teacher. I'm such a teacher. New pen? And I get a new pen. Oh, you're funny. I get my pens. Tell me
0: about the pen before Is it it a No, You're
1: going to laugh at this. It's got to be a Bic ballpoint pen. Kilometrico? No, it's Bic.
0: Yeah, Bic, okay. No, it's not a Kilometrico. It's your basic
1: Bic from Safeway. Colour? No, it's, it's blue. It's blue. It's, it's blue. You don't, you don't actually write the book. Get this. I write by hand. So this is me. So I I have loved always, I'm always carrying, I've got one in there, um, I've always in my bag, sorry, I just yeah. realised that we went yeah, on television, gotcha. um, and I've got a, 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 a notebook and I write. And sometimes I'll sit with uh, a packet of... Um, Of sticky notes, and I'll write out all the different topics, and then I'll stick them throughout, um, throughout the the book. So so it looks like they're little tabs, and then I can be on a train, I can be on holidays with my feet in a river somewhere, and I can just go right. I think I want to write about social media and teenagers, and I will. Just write. And there might be six pages that are there and I can just write. And now I've actually – this is the joy of being a teacher. I've got lots of ex-students that I can draw on who need cash. Sure. And uh, so I just then give my notebook to one of my ex-students who lives not far away and she types it up into a Word document for me and then emails it back to me because I hate typing.
0: What's the – okay, I was saying what's the benefit of writing because – the beautiful thing about typing and word processing, yeah. is, is, word, pro- is that word processing still a thing? That yeah, well, word, dated. but but yeah, I just it.
1: I enjoy writing, just writing well, by hand.
0: Move stuff around and delete yeah. chunks and.
1: Yep. So when it's um, when it's typed up, sometimes I sit and type it up, and when I'm typing it up, um, I will then change things as I go. But the last book that I've done, I just gave it to my ex student and said, "Can you type it? I really can't be bothered typing." So she does it, and now I'm at the process of going through and reading uh-huh. it, and then I'll change Maybe it as around. I go. Yeah.
0: Do, just out of interest, do you? Right on both sides of the page. Yes, I do. Oh, see, so I could never do that. Mm, I do. Freak
1: me out. Yeah, I do. And yeah, I just I really enjoy the process of writing the book. So it's it's a shame you can't just get that photocopied and and that's it. Yeah. That's your book. Yeah, yeah. Well, you. But, yeah, but I love the whole process of, of getting the book out and I'm now helping other people do it. And I, I love it when people contact me and say, "Well, you know, can you help me? Um, and I love it. I love the process of it. And, um, you are and
0: clearly a process-driven person. Yeah. Very structured.
1: And the process has to be there. Love Once it. I learnt the process, um, it was in place and now you just you duplicate it.
0: Uh, what... Can you put a dollar figure around getting a book on your yeah. shelf? Yeah,
1: look, it's a bit like how long's a piece of string. But for my very first book, um, it was about seventeen thousand dollars to get it done.
0: That seems like a lot.
1: It we'll was. Pre- pre- you can get many. it done. I think I printed a thousand. Dale Beaumont suggested I do a hundred and see how it goes. And I went, I know, I know you're the expert, but I'm going to back myself. And I knew that my mum would buy one. <laughs> and so I thought, I've got. If it doesn't sell, I've got nine hundred and ninety nine. Yes. Christmas presents for my students for a few years, and I'll be the best teacher ever because I'll go a book. But um, I backed myself.
0: To? What have you got? 17 grand a lot? Yeah, nowadays
1: um, I'm now printing offshore, and you know, look, t- roughly my books are costing me two or three dollars, two dollars $2 per copy. Um, and if you're selling them for $15, that's pretty good. But th- really, the setup costs are at the start. So having an editor, having someone to um, design it. Um, and then sending it off to the printers. You've also got print-on-demand nowadays. So you can actually – I've got a great uh, printer in Adelaide and I can say I just need 400 copies and they'll do it and they can turn it over within a couple of weeks. The thing with overseas is it can be two or three-month process by the time they get out here. So there are lots of ways of doing it. It doesn't have to be done expensively. Um, You can do uh, e-books now. A lot of people are publishing the books in a PDF, selling it that way. There are so many ways that you can become an author and not – having to spend a lot of money but as a ballpark these days i allow about about ten thousand dollars to do a book for me now which is much more reasonable um but i I can also do it you know as an e-book if i want to but you know if you've got about ten thousand dollars to invest in it the thing is it doesn't take too long once you get it out there to to have a return on your investment and the thing is, that it is an investment. Writing a book is actually it's an investment in asset. your brand. And it's an asset. People and don't.
0: Uh, Well, maybe they do, because I, I do wrap it on about it on this show over the years. But um, it's a glorified business card. Um, You can actually sell it so you can make money there. Uh, I mean, I I can't imagine the amount of business that maybe you've got, I've got, other authors have got just simply by sending a free book to a speaker's bureau or to the media or whatever it is. It's very powerful and, you know.
1: Yep. And you've got to remember author is from the word authority. So as soon as you, for some reason, I remember Dale Beaumont saying this to me, as soon as you become an author, you instantly get some credibility as you're some sort of authority. In that field.
0: Well, I think, again, you know, I always say the marketing world's changed. Part of that is the fact that, you know, all these new platforms, whether it be video or podcasting or self-publishing or or social media to an extent, they do. They make, they rightly or wrongly make you an authority. They do. It's all very well to say you've written a book. Is the book any good? You know, um, but it does. It does create a perception Mm. amongst people that, oh, they must know what they're talking about. Mm yeah
1: you, but I will say this you've got to make sure that your book is quality because there's some I've seen some pretty horrid books out there yeah. that are self-published and they're put out and they're done on the cheap and they look cheap so you do have to make sure that it is um, it is bookshop quality you really want it to be um, something you're really proud of yeah so don't rush the process but make sure also that you um you do your due diligence to make sure that the end result is a good looking book as well
0: you are down to two days a week teaching absolutely you're going to always keep i imagine that you'd want to keep a finger in that pie i think so
1: yeah i think i will always i actually love spending my days immersed in teen world i do enjoy it but because my speaking and presenting and media has become so big and running the business now is huge um that two days is just nice but even if i wasn't teaching i would still be going in doing a few casual days and and i'll always continue to work with young people um, that's how you stay relevant too in this industry.
0: Uh, does the Sharon Witt Incorporated business have uh, staff?
1: Staff it does yeah. it does now. I'm just starting to um, have people coming on board, basically by necessity. That no doubt. I started running um, conferences for parents and educators two years ago, um, helping them raise resilient young people. And it came from one idea and it became huge. And we're now running this conference in three different states this year. And so I have to have people on board mm-hmm. to, to help. So I make sure that um, the people that I employ are the best at what they do. And I think this is probably going a bit off track, but it's important that you employ people that are good at what they do. Because when you're running a business, I'm not great at accounts. I'm not – yes, I'm an organised person, but the little details when you're running a big conference and speaking and having to keep up all the the, um, the emails with the people you're going to present for, I'm, I don't enjoy that. I'd rather just go and do the pre- presenting. So I've got some good people now around me that manage that.
0: It's a really—it's a challenge. In fact, my last guest, Tom McLean from Sophie Spritz, which is an alcoholic beverage, uh, he, his main strategy around why he's been successful is finding people, experts in their field, really good people in branding yes. or really good people in distribution. He Even went on Shark Tank and got some right. got some equity and some some great advice from the sharks. Uh, but he's very big on that, yeah. and I think you got to find that balance. I mean. You know, we talk a lot on this show about content marketing and if as a small business owner all you ever did was focus on creating great content and let left the editing and mm. the, the, the spell checking and all that other stuff yep. to someone else is a good outcome. Sometimes it can be expensive and the cash flow is not there but it's where you want to get to, right? It
1: is and I'm just getting to that now. I'll be you know, completely honest, after 10 years, I think last year I was exhausted at times because I'm teaching nearly full-time, I'm managing book orders, I'm managing invoices, I'm managing uh, media, I'm I'm trying to keep up with writing articles for magazines and newspapers and trying to keep up with it all and bookings and, you know, follow-up and invoicing everybody and I was exhausted back-to-back, you know, working three jobs and it wasn't until I kind of, you know, had a bit of a meltdown towards the end of last year and just went, there's not enough hours in the day. I was exhausted, yeah. I had about three days where I just couldn't move. I just thought, I've done too much and my head just went, it's too much. I just thought, I have to give all this away. It's too much. And I've heard of many uh, people who run companies and big businesses. When you try and do it all yourself you know, you have to let go of the reins sometimes. And for me, it's been very difficult to do that because I think, well, if I don't do it, it's not going to go, it's not going to happen properly. And, you know, I have to have my finger on all the pulses. And it wasn't until I had someone come on board and say, I'm going to manage your conferences. You know, I I want it to get to the point where you just turn up for the day, you book the talent and you come and, and do your session, but we run all the rest of it. And so I've got a wonderful um, person who is an event coordinator. She does my events now. she local? She's local to me. In fact, I went to high school with her. Oh, I love it. And we got in contact with each other and she said, tell me about it. And I said, I need someone to run this, these events. So she books everything. She manages all the – every detail. And she's very organised and she made – you know, she took my mess of my folders um, of all the little – you know, miniature detail and she put it all in folders and reset it all and did what she does best. And then I had another girl come on board who helped out at one of my conferences and said, you need some help. You know, you can't manage all this. I would like to train myself up. So can I work for you for a few months for free? Because she said, I want to learn. And then she said, and then if you want to, um, then she's now going to invoice me for her time. So I've got people who are coming on board now who are good at what they do. And they're going to release me this year too because I am the one who comes up with ideas and wanted to, wants to write and, and generate some amazing well, ideas and content. to be in. Yeah, but it's taken 10 yeah, years I to learn I that I can't do it all. Yeah. I can't. And if I'm going to have success for the next 10, 20 years, I need to be able to delegate and delegate well.
0: Was part of you not handing it across, handing all those other responsibilities across, was it uh, being control freak? Yeah. Did you not want to spend the money? Did you... <laughs> control to, freak. Control freak.
1: Yep. Thinking I, I need to manage it all myself. And also now, you thinking... I can
0: back and go, you're a bit of a numbskull Chaz for yeah. thinking like that? Dropkick. Yeah. Kick.
1: Yep. <laughs> I actually think I could have done my... Yeah. I could have really um, prevented myself from, from suffering mm. um, last year towards the end where I just... It was almost burnout. I got myself out of it pretty quickly after about four days. But it happens about once a year. I just have all these things. I had this major conference that I'd organised. I had 900 people attend it. It was a huge successful day and I didn't leave myself a buffer the following week. I had, you know, my four days of teaching. I was booked to go and speak um, at at a country town for two days and I was still speaking at events at night and I didn't give myself a buffer to rest. Now I've got this person who's now in charge of my calendar and she has already put in my speaking for next year and the conferences, sorry, for this year, but she's also put in buffers now where oh, I have to chill.
0: That buffer line.
1: Now nice you know that. very well that I've just come back from a week away by myself. So once a year... Looking radiant, by the way. Oh, thank you. I do have a tiny bit of a tan. No, I'm not sure about the tan. Yeah. Radiant anyway. But uh, thank you. <laughs> I take myself away for a, uh, a week every year at the start of the year and give myself a complete break from everything. And I I just use it to chill out and not think about business or anything, but it's when some of my best ideas germinate.
0: So you've just got back yesterday. Mm. Anything pop in the last week?
1: Uh, just book ideas and and resource ideas. And have you yeah, thought, have you thought I about write it? articles when I'm away if I yeah, feel like right. it. Yeah. So you
0: bit of a, the I went to talk to you about article content mm. provision. You said you you provided what, a few magazines? Yeah,
1: yeah. A lot um, of magazines for young people, for is teen groups. Or is
0: that again profile things? Most stuff? of
1: them are profile okay. things. Um most of it I don't get paid for so I quite enjoy the process of just writing articles and they don't take me too long if I'm in the headspace um I I love writing in coffee shops so I just go to coffee shops it has to be noisy for me uh for some reason it works and uh I just I can bang out a, a thousand word article in a short amount of time
0: how, how do you do you buy stuff at the coffee shop yeah I know people who go and sit in coffee oh, shops no, for three or four hours and have one coffee and no. I, I can't do that no. I look at it how as... often do you have to buy something do you reckon every sort of 40 minutes <laughs> Yeah. Just give us another muffin.
1: Yeah. In fact, I go to regular coffee shops now where they'll they just come you. up and they'll just say, you ready for your next coffee? Love it. And they just look after me. I've written nice. all of my books in local coffee shops. Have you really? all of them. And in fact, I I always do a shout out to them as well. But I'll I'll be honest, I'll go in and say, listen, I'm writing, I need to write for the next six hours. Are you happy for me to have a table? I'll buy lunch, I'll buy breakfast, you know, to drop the kids off at school if it was my day off and um, have breakfast there, write, have coffee, you know, I might spend 30 bucks or whatever. But for me, it's like renting an office. Yeah, sure. So I always support the small businesses.
0: Have you thought about extending your uh, reach beyond uh, self-publishing, blogging, writing, podcasting, or video? I would love to, to, you? to.
1: Yeah, I'd actually you love. You don't mind talking? Oh, I, I'm on fire today because I've had a week off of no talking. So. Look, I've probably got about another 30,000 words still to go oh, in my day.
0: <laughs> a mate of mine is the professor of marketing at one of the universities and he's, it's it's actually proven, it's been researched that uh, women have 7,000 words to speak a day and men have 4,000.
1: How do they get their 4,000 in though? Uh,
0: the men? Yeah. We don't really. It's <laughs> a lot don't. of mumbling and, you know, just grunting. That's, yeah. that's considered a word. Well, I mean, I'm really if glad I go that to you... you huh, That's like a word.
1: I'm really grateful you've given me a four-hour podcast today.
0: That's great. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Um,
1: What was your question Why
0: have you not uh, looked at other mediums?
1: I haven't had time.
0: Right. Because, you know, someone needs to teach the students. (laughs) Yes.
1: I would would love to this year explore um, having a wider reach. So I would love the idea of podcasting. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to do it. I I know that I have got... (laughs) <laughs> I know that I've got um, access to studios. I do a lot of radio interviews, mm-hmm. um, and I have a relationship with one particular radio station where um, the the afternoon drive host. I will, if I see something, I'll ring him and say, "Hey, I'm going to pop in. Let's get a couple of let's do a couple of segments and have them in the can so that you can then yeah, use right. them in the next week or two. Loves it because I'm driving content for him.
0: Would you have a preference towards audio or video?
1: Oh, I think audio.
0: How come? because
1: I couldn't be bothered doing my hair. (laughs) I'd like to do audio, but the other thing I would love to do, and I've considered this, is doing a little TV show. Um, So I guess it's a YouTube show. Uh Um, I was asked to go and do some... a person that I know who does a lot of parenting he's uh developed some courses and he asked me last year to go and be part of the course and he interviewed me as part of his course and uh I was a a guy had um, a television studio set up in his home so he was a retired gentleman and is now just doing a few corporate things in his home like a large home Mm -hmm. and I said to him I wouldn't mind interviewing people and, and doing my own TV show, and he said, absolutely, I'll do that for you. So I've got lots of ideas. Lots of ideas, yeah, yeah. But yeah. until now, I've because I've been teaching four days a week, I'm like, where do I do that? So and now... would it be
0: for kids or, so, or
1: parents? Parents. Yeah. Because mm, your books are adults. Adults. for kids. They're for kids. I've got one for parents. Mm-hmm. The rest are all for the kids. But mm-hmm. often the parents are reading my books with their kids. Yes. They're working through them. They're all non-fiction books, so...
0: Well, um, you, you've tapped into something, and you're not the only one, but you're doing it very well, a market that is not going to disappear that is I know hungry, good thinking hey great thinking probably <laughs> by default I don't know it was a bit.
1: By, it was by uh, default but uh, people are always going to have children
0: always going to have children I think there is a, there is uh, there's not enough information and not enough good information out there I think that the problems are only going to get worse as a parent and you know my listeners have heard me rant on about social media and mm. even today I heard something which was really interesting coming in in the car I was listening to an interview with someone and they talked about um, you know back in our day it was all about being outside
1: Absolutely. today it's
0: all about being inside which oh. just makes me feel sick even thinking about yeah. it. You know, computers and video games and yeah. phones and our kids
1: are so we- connected it's scary yeah, it's scary they don't get let up they don't have any break anyway
0: you know? that's that's your podcast that's my podcast and, and so can
1: I ask you a question sure. if I wanted to start podcasting where do you start
0: Uh, Do you mean from a technical point of view? Well, okay, let me... No, don't worry about technology because that's easy, right? Yeah. That's relatively You
1: find someone who's... That's their expertise. Where
0: where you start, and I talk about this in my book, The Boomerang Effect, which is um, get clear on your editorial mission Mm. and the simple three questions, what have you got to offer, to who... And what outcome can they expect? Mm. So the editorial mission for this show is uh, marketing tips and tricks. That's what I have to offer. For who? Small service-based businesses. They're my love, but it applies to to Mm. really any business. And what outcome can they expect? More inquiry. So yeah. everything I create on this show, everything in my book, everything I blog about, everything I speak from mm. stage plays into that editorial mm. mission. It would be very easy for you to identify your editorial mission um, and then go and create and then go and write. Once, you don't, once you're clear on it, go and write the first five or ten uh, headlines or topics for your show mm. and then agree on a format. It could be you on your soapbox just ranting. It could be a co-host. It could be interviews. Mm. It could be you answering parents' questions. There's lots of different formats. So once you agree on that...
1: Mm. And you can vary it up a bit too, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I like I like Or is to, it best to stick to the same formula?
0: I, look... There isn't, I'm going to be subjective here. I like to stick to relatively the same formula because, like, if you turn on the nightly news on TV, you know they're going to lead with the big stories, mm. they're going to break, they're going to come back with the smaller stories, they're going to have a weather update, they're going to go to sport, they're going to finish with the weather and a fun story. Yeah. That's the structure of the news. And if that changes, then you... Well, it doesn't. But if it did, you'd like, oh, what happened? You know, I'm used to the other structure. Mm. So I think as humans, we like a bit of structure and know what to expect. Um, But that said, you know, the the, the format of this show is always, is an interview, um, there's a segment, um, and sometimes I answer a listener question, sometimes I share an opinion, but, you know, vary it around a little bit, but 80% of the show is is set in concrete.
1: And then how do you get people to listen?
0: Well, I don't know because I've got no one listening. But Hello to those three people. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, How do you get it out there? uh, Okay, so... They're all good questions. My first response is just create ace content. Just Mm. create really good content because the best marketing is a great product. Mm. Okay, that's just how it works. So create great content. Um, Be consistent. I see too many people head off on, you know, writing um, three blog posts and then doing nothing or doing four episodes of a podcast and then doing nothing. Mm. Like commit to it. Six months, once a week, don't look at the scoreboard, head down, just... Just do do it. it. right? Yeah. Um, But then um, strike partnerships. I mean, the partnership, um, what happened with this show is um, it did, when we struck a nerve early, I had a co-host for the first 80 episodes, struck a nerve early. We found that intersection between education and entertainment Mm. and I can't educate by by myself and I can't entertain by myself, but I can combine the two. Yeah. Um, And um, so that worked really well and we hit a nerve with that. Um, but I think then partnerships, you know, like getting this show on Virgin Airlines internationally and domestically, wow. all of a sudden opened up a bigger audience. Yeah. Um, I have the Small Business Association of Australia and the Small Business Mentoring Institute share my content each week. Oh,
1: so, fantastic.
0: So finding those partnerships where you can get a contact somewhere, but they can leverage it out to their yeah, databases is very powerful. You know, being on iTunes, being on Stitcher, being on Spotify. Mm. These are all ways but um, – and then from a technology point of view, it's pretty easy. You know, like we have the luxury, you and I sitting here mm. in a very nice radio studio. Yeah. You don't need that. I mean, I've done shows out of the back of my car. Yeah. Um, I've done shows under a doona in a hotel room just <laughs> to get the right acoustic. Um, you know, Yeah. Um,
1: I actually had someone come and interview <laughs> me recently for a podcast that she does and we sat on my lounge room floor on the carpet. Sure. She had it all set up on the floor and we just sat there and yes. we had a cup of tea in hand. And we did a fantastic yep. show.
0: And, and you know, I, I think it is becoming more competitive these days. I said, I, I would say years ago, hey, listen, your iPhone's got an audio recorder on it. Open it up and start talking. Mm. Yes, do that. But very quickly... Um, start to pay attention to production values because mm. there are so many people self-publishing there are yeah. so many people podcasting there are so many YouTube channels um, so as quick as you can start to refine the quality of your audio and mm. where you're doing it and um, because that again will be a point of difference there's a yeah. lot of a lot of podcasters doing it in echoey rooms with poor equipment with traffic in the background mm. hey it's better than not doing it
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I reckon you'd be great at it, Shaz, and I would be fully supportive of it. Lovely. Pick my brain. I think I
1: will give it a go.
0: Yeah. Well, you're not short of a word. (laughs) Have we finished?
1: (laughs) Let's be honest. I know we haven't.
0: I know I said it was going to be a four hour chat, but that was just to get you in. Right.
1: Did you want to talk about social media?
0: Oh, see, I knew you're a machine. You're good like that. What have you got to say? Well, let's finish on social media because Because I think that's been
1: important for me.
0: It's been really important. And why?
1: Well, for me, it's been really important to have a social media presence because a lot of my market, the parents, are on social media. You've got a lot of mums on social media. Uh, so whenever I...
0: What an irony, given you're telling the kids to get off it.
1: Exactly. But whenever I'm doing an interview, whether I'm writing an article, because uh, I contribute a lot to um, to news media, they'll contact me for, for, for comments and, and my expertise, and, and so I'll share that. So I'm all... I'm all about um, giving content and giving assistance, rather than just "here's my book, buy my book." I don't do that. Um, I will just share content and share ideas. If I see something, uh, for example, um, kids are going back to school. What are your What's your advice uh, for helping? You know, what are five tips to help uh, your your child prepare for starting school next week? Whenever it is, so'll I'll give some tips and advice. Here's a link to an article I've just contributed to so they can read that, is this generates a Facebook content post that you're yeah Facebook post. Code. and I've also got an Instagram um, author page now that that um, is just uh,
0: what's the difference between a post I mean, obviously, Instagram's a lot more visual, but mm. Facebook also best is... W- I always photos. make
1: sure my Facebook has a visual as well. What's,
0: how does a, a Facebook post and Instagram post differ from you?
1: They're quite similar. Yeah. I am not. I haven't got my head all around Instagram yet. I've u- mainly used that for um, personal use, but I've got a girl, once again, she's an expert. She lives in another state and she manages my social media. She's just doing that for fun at the moment. Nice. and Which is awesome and she's very, very good at it. Can she she's, do mine? And she's actually doing it at the moment for some um a few well-known people so uh, she doesn't uh, you know advertise it but she's she's managing some pretty great content at the moment and she's very good at it she's yeah. only a young be- person about 27 years old That's and she's, a she's right in the gun at it of, uh... gun at it yeah and she does she, I, i'm not great with that but she does it well i'm pretty good with managing my facebook and i if i am going to do um, a bit of a book deal or or I might say, you know, have you got a young person who's struggling with anxiety, you know, child struggling with anxiety, you might find it helpful to have a look at this book and I'll give them a bit of um, content but then I'll, I'll put a link to the particular book I have that is about social anxiety. And um, really. or friendships. Friendships you, is always a huge one. Your
0: social media strategy is very much from the Gary Vaynerchuk jab, 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 right hook school oh, of thinking. There you go. So Gary is uh, probably a leading commentator in the world on social media. Oh,
1: I've just fumbled along as I've gone. Is well, it's it's you know, a lot of this stuff is common
0: sense. Yeah. His book, his his philosophy in the book of the same name, jab, 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 right hook. A jab is a give. Mm. So um, advice, yes, help, no sell. Yeah. And then for every, well, he says for every three jabs, you can then come in with a right hook, which yeah. is book me, buy from me. Okay. Uh, and um, I would argue that you probably need more jabs than three before I you think come through so. a right hook.
1: I don't sell very often. I don't, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll pop up one of my books and say, but I'll put put it more along the lines of um, just received a great order for, the, for this book. Um, if you're thinking of, you know, if you're wanting to, You know, for example, my book Surviving High School. You know, I'll say a lot of parents are finding this really helpful at the moment. If you want to grab your copy, I'll throw in free postage at the moment or something Um, for the next twenty four hours. You know, feel free to order on
0: social media. Shaz you've got this lady uh, interstate managing it, Mm. how do you maintain your voice?
1: Uh, It's interesting because she's only managing my Instagram and so far she actually knows me quite well. So she's using – it's a bit of trial and error but I've watched the last few posts and she has picked up my voice. Right. It's really obvious that it sounds like me. That's a skill. But she also knows me very well. So I've known her for a few years. She knows me. Um, so it is very important that if you do hand the reins over to anyone that they know your voice yeah, and that they know you. I agree. Yeah, and to keep up with that and it's trial and error. You know, if she posts something and I think, oh, that's not really me, mm. I'll just let her know and I'll just say, yeah, not sure about that one. Yeah. Perhaps leave that.
0: Love it. You're doing a lot of things right, Chaz. Love your work. Thank you. Thanks Sharon for having me. wit.com.au Yeah. Where you can find all the help you need for your troublesome teens. Or just copy her business model, really.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That was another thing the trial and error of my website. It's, you know, it took it's three goes webs- before. Love your website. But it took three goes before well, I got something that actually reflected me.
0: I'm doing my. We're doing my website mm. at the moment with the help of a fellow David Jennings from Melbourne SEO Services, and we are awesome. absolutely kind of ripping things apart yeah. and going, "Well, that didn't work. If you had that for th- get rid of it. Try this. You know,
1: that's the thing. You've got to be not afraid to try something. What if it yeah. fails? That's fine. You just pivot and change and do something different. Love your work. but just keep trying.
0: Sharon, no more talking.
1: Oh, really? I
0: know. I'm sorry. Thank you for coming in.
1: Thanks for having me. See you.
0: Oh, Shaz, she does love a chat, but what a great story. You inspired? Are you inspired to become an industry opinion leader? I hope you are. Coming up, I'm going to share my top three attention grabbers from that chat with Sharon, thanks to American Express And hang around after that because Dave Jennings and myself will demystify the power of backlinks in your marketing. Plus, I've got some prizes to give away. Righto, attention grabber number one. Actually, there are more questions than attention grabbers this week, but stick with me. Number one, what do you need to do to be regarded as an expert in your industry? Figure it out and start. Self-publish, podcast, podcast. Become a number one something, whatever it is. Figure out what you need to do. Attention grabber or question number two what's your hook? Why are people going to be interested in what you have to say? Is a really good question to ask. And don't get all down in the lip going, oh, I got nothing to say. I've got no hook. Create one. I didn't have a hook, but nine years ago I started a podcast and now it's my hook. It's what makes people pay attention so that I get speaking engagements and and other things. Okay? That's the boomerang effect in action. That's what my book's about. (laughs) It's what it's called. And number three, what's holding you back? What's stopping you from feeling the fear and doing it anyway? I love this side of running a business. We've all got things holding us back. We've all got limiting beliefs. We've all got that little person on our shoulder going, oh, Timbo, you're hopeless. Well, your person on your shoulder wouldn't be saying that, but you know what I mean. So feel the fear and do it anyway. That's actually the name of a very good book, which I would encourage you to read. They're the three questions that kind of got raised in my mind from my chat with Sharon Witt. I'd love to know what grabbed your attention. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 406. Let me know. night. Oh, yes, indeed, doodly. With so many underperforming business websites out there, this segment is laser-focused on ensuring yours is not one of them. To get your website found and your phone ringing, and we love a phone that's ringing, us business owners, we're joined by Dave Jennings of melbournesioservices.com. DJ, what is on that beautiful mind of yours? <laughs> well, I can't believe how many business owners
2: focus in. You caught me a little off <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for my beautiful mind. Yes. Um, focusing on building backlinks. they think it's the be-all and end-all yeah. when it comes to search engine optimization. Now, building a backlink, that's just getting references to your website, you know, those little blue underlined links. On other people's website. Correct, pointing back to your website. And that's all they seem to focus on. Yes, they're important. Yes, links still matter. But you need to make sure that you're building really good quality ones. I'm talking about asking suppliers or customers to post on their website that. Okay yours or industry blogs or submitting to key directories, you you want to focus on high quality stuff.
0: So let's say um, I'm a house cleaner, I go to the local real estate agent, I say can you put a link on your website which says um, house cleaning services Elwood, being Mm -hmm. a suburb in Melbourne, um, and link it back to my site? That would be a good backlink, right? That's a quality backlink. That's a quality backlink.
2: it's genuine, it's helpful, that's the
0: real key. And Google see all these backlinks of all these websites around the world pointing back to yours and they go, oh, these guys seem pretty pretty popular. Exactly right. Cool. Okay, so great tip. What do listeners need to do to activate such great learnings on their website? (laughs) Well, it
2: all starts with having great quality content because that makes it so much easier to share to get these backlinks. So I'd love to give the listener a free copy of my book, Authority Content, I know this is audio so you can't. Yes, I can <laughs> see it and hear it. <laughs> um, they can head to authoritycontent.com forward slash Timbo to claim their free copy.
0: Brilliant mate, great advice and that is another way to ignite your site. Come on down, it's Timbo's Monster Prize draw. Oh yes, come on down in doodly-doodly. I love this part of the show. I hope you do. It's young. It's only, isn't second? Is it second week? Third week? I can't remember. But here's the gist. You email me an idea that you've learnt from this show and that you've implemented in your business. You tell me what impact it's had on your business and I give you a prize. And the prizes have been donated by past guests. They're so generous. Tell you what, I'm sitting on a pretty serious little treasure chest of prizes and one very big one worth over $2,000 that a future guest has already given me. More on that in the coming weeks. Pretty exciting. Tim at timreid.com.au is where you send me your little achievements. So I've got two to give away, two prizes to give away to two listeners. First listener, Jake Shorter from Foxy Home Staging. G'day, Jake. He says, Hi, Timbo. I just wanted to send you a message to say thank you for all that you do. Not only for small businesses... But for people like me who listen to your show both to learn and for motivation and inspiration to start a business one day. Oh, cubicle. You're stuck in a cubicle by the sounds of things. Uh, but that's brilliant. I agree. I mean, listening to shows like this are as much about the inspiration and motivation as they are about the ideas that you can implement like that. Jake goes on to say, I know you don't like to make a big deal of the milestone episodes. Yeah, that's true, Jake. So, episode 400 passed without any fanfare. That it did. But I want to congratulate you anyway. There aren't many podcasts that have been running constantly for eight years and continually pumping out great content. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate that, buddy. Um, Getting notes like this mean a lot to me. And uh, that's all I need. I don't need to make big hoo-hahs about milestones. I might make a hoo-ha about episode 500. But, like, even as I say that, like just a number anyway back to jake he says the other reason for my email is to put something in writing so there's a record of it i'm an aspiring cubicle escapee oh i love that and my aim is to email you again in a couple of years and have something interesting to say as a podcast interviewee so archive this email for that day all oh, right jake i'm holding you accountable my friend there's no going back now this is on tape he goes on to say, My wife and I have recently started a business, Foxy Home Staging, helping property owners get more value from their assets when they sell. It's a good idea. And while we're building our profile, I'm continuing to stay in my full-time gig, which is a job that I enjoy most of the time and has great paying and hours, but it's not something I'm passionate about. Yes, I know that feeling, Jake. I was there myself one lifetime ago. But there is a point in the near term when I make the switch and join my wife full-time in our business, and that is exciting. There are a huge number of things I've taken from the Small Business Big Marketing Show that we have either started to implement or intend to over time. I'm glad that you've started, Jake. Uh, Intense, great, but keep implementing, buddy. One a week if you have to keep that momentum. He goes on to say, but the one thing has put us at a huge advantage over our local competitors already is something that goes back to the basics. And that is to be helpful and make it easy for your clients to buy from you. Hallelujah. Helpful marketing is everything. That is what my book, The Boomerang Effect is about. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to, you will find it on my website. Jake goes on to say, "We found it, and still do. Amazing how difficult others in our industry make it for clients to work with them. Very inflexible, slow to respond, etc., etc., etc. And our starting point was as simple as this: fix the things that are currently stopping clients from paying for a service like ours. <laughs> it's genius. G marketing's easy. Jake, it's brilliant, buddy. I think you are onto something." We have grand plans for our business and as I said, in the back of my mind is an ambition to create a story worth telling on your show. Until that day comes, keep up the great episodes and if you ever find yourself within, with time in Brisbane to kill, let me buy you a beer. Jake, I'm, I'm just diarising that. Just one moment. <laughs> Jake, thank you for your note, mate. You have won a Bunster's Hot Sauce Pack, four packs of the incredibly popular hot sauce. It's valued at $83. It is going to be sent to you in the mail, and you are going to enjoy every bit of that. Thank you to Renee Bunster, past guest, who is smashing it with Bunster's Hot Sauce range. Okay. Next time. What am I saying? Get get yourself together, Timbo. This is embarrassing the way that you talk. Okay. Okay. I'm back. (laughs) This uh, is from Paul Walton, another listener, who I want to give a prize to. He says, hi, Tim. Hello, Paul. Four Pillars Gin is definitely the best marketing idea I have implemented. The more I drink, the better my marketing looks. (laughs) Yes, there's many lines there, but we won't go there in this politically correct day and age. You know what I mean? And I'm so PC. Your episode with Andre Eichmeier from Vino Mofo. Wow, that's a long time ago, uh, Paul. That's episode 94. It was a good interview, I must say. I really enjoyed talking to Andre. He's a disruptor. Uh, From back in the day, was also the catalyst for my venture into the wine industry with my business, Secret Bottle. What a great name. I cornered Andre in a lift not long ago after a Key Person of Influence event. Oh, there you go. I like seeing people come together like that. And told him the story, talk about an elevator pitch. I hope you nailed it, Paul. I think there are so many nuggets in your show, Timbo, that it's hard to point to one of them. If anything, it is the consistent listening of the show that pushes me to always try something new. Brilliant. Uh, Just on that point, Paul, and anyone else listening... Continue to listen to your favourite stuff. You might be chockers with ideas. The journal might be overflowing. You have no more ability, no more brain space to implement, but you can still use shows like this and others to remain motivated. I think it's a great thing. What you put in, you get out, right? So put good stuff in. That was from Paul Walton, Chief Wine Activist at Secret Bottle, Paul, I'm going to give you something to have with your wine, thanks to Matthew Parry, last week's guest, from the Good Crisp Company. I'm going to give you two boxes of eight canisters of the Good Crisp Company's chips, which he's taking on Pringle. That's valued at 60 bucks, and I hope you enjoy it with a little Pinot Grigio. Paul, if that's the name of it, I don't know wine very well. Hey, there you go, team. That is Monster Prize Draw for another week. This is going to happen week in, week out. All you need to do is email me, tim at au. Tell me an idea that you've learnt on this show and implemented, what impact it's had on your business, and you, my friend, will be a winner. <music> All righty. Hey, you and I cover some serious marketing ground in this show. I hope you agree. Have you listened to the chat I had with sisters Lucy and Joe from Homeware's brand Hunting for George? Tell you what, that is a great story about how a side hustle. I mean, Lucy was a nurse and Joe was a graphic designer. They turned that little side hustle into a multi-million dollar business and it is rocking. What about the episode with uh, two sisters? Not the same two sisters, but two sisters, Felicity and Lucy, who have the number one female sports podcast in Australia. That was an inspiring interview. Love a good side hustle. Hey, you'll find both those episodes plus hundreds more over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or you can subscribe free on your favourite podcast app, which means that you will never miss another episode. Love to hear from you. Hit the contact button over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com where you can email me. Just say hi. If you don't want to do anything else, you could just say hi. You can connect with me on social media, media, a bit of Twitter, a bit of Facebook, a bit of LinkedIn, love. And you can also buy a signed copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, which I would love you to do because I think it would actually propel your beautiful business forward. Hey, big thanks to American Express Business Explorer credit card. They have exclusively, if you haven't noticed, sponsored this episode. If you love the idea of your business expenses rewarding you, and I think you probably should love that idea, then go and Google Amex Business and check it out. Hey, speaking of love, if you love the Small Business Big Marketing show, then let another business owner know about it by grabbing their phone, opening up the podcast app, searching Small Business Big Marketing, hitting subscribe, download the first, say, five episodes for them, hand it back, say, you're welcome, and move on to the next one. I'd love you for that. Until next week, I am Timbo Reid. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.